What a wonderful thing to see the kids um, sharing the story of Christmas, that this little child was born 2,000 years ago in a small village called Bethlehem, born to two poor parents, Mary and Joseph. Jesus was born right as Joseph arrived in Bethlehem to pay taxes to the Roman Empire. I thought about that and thought about the expenses that you have when you have a child and your first child. You know, we will throw a, a, a baby shower often for a, a family when they have that child, that first one especially, because there's so many extra things you've got to buy. And in the midst of that, not only they've got to travel, they've got travel expenses, they've got the expenses of paying taxes and all of that together in the midst of it all. And... Um, Jesus, the Jesus that we celebrate, a Jesus who was the king of the Jews and later revealed as Lord of all, was born into poverty. He lived among an oppressed people and got by on very little. Jesus understood the value of money. He also knew firsthand the struggle of going without. Jesus' father was a carpenter. A blue-collar worker who probably lived paycheck to paycheck. We also know, according to Mark 6.3, that Jesus had four younger brothers and two younger sisters. That's a lot of mouths to feed. In a hard time for a man who makes his living with manual labor. At some point after Jesus turned 12, Joseph died, leaving Mary and Jesus, who was now the man of the house, to look after the whole family. You can imagine that money was always tight. Jesus understood the real value of money and how it could affect people. Perhaps that is why he started his, when he started his public ministry at the age of 30, money and possessions were one of the most frequent sermon topics. We see one of his lessons in the famous Sermon on the Mount that we read in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 through 24. I want to read that to you now. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And we can break Jesus' teaching here down into three main precepts. Verses 19 through 21 are pretty straightforward. Jesus says, concentrate on heavenly treasure instead of earthly treasures. Now, remember, this was coming from a man who grew up in poverty. 
who was always struggling to have enough, poverty can have a very real effect on people. My grandparents grew up during the Depression. Maybe you know some that grew up during that era and how it affected people. I always remember, I always was just curious and it would make you scratch your head. Why did grandma always save the tub of butter once the butter was all gone? You know, we just throw those things away. She'd hang on to that. She didn't have any Tupperware. Everything was stored in old butter containers, different things like that. Well, it it goes back to the way she grew up. I had the, the privilege of looking through some old photo albums with my mom recently and found an old letter my grandma wrote about her childhood. And she was talking about how she, they were so fortunate, she said, we were so fortunate, uh, they didn't have a farm, but they had a garden, they could grow some food. And there were a lot of people, a lot of kids in my grandma's family. I think there were seven, just like Jesus' family. And, um, and they had a cow, she wrote, and we have a cow so we could milk the cow and get milk from it. And she was writing about the depression and writing about how uh, all of the, their family friends were one by one were losing their homes, losing whether it was a farm or a garden like she had. And then finally, my grandmother and her family lost their home. And it's, it's really, it was really odd to me how she just, she goes from one sentence of being, we've got a home and then we're homeless. And then at some point they moved into a city. They moved away from the country into the city and got jobs in a mill. And I, I don't even know how much time they were homeless, apparently. And where did they live? I have so many questions. But that kind of life leaves an effect on you, right? It makes an impression that you never forget. It certainly did for my grandparents and for many that went through that era. Jesus went through something like that as well. And Jesus reminds us that you can't take anything with you when you die. You see, living in poverty can, can affect you in different ways. One, it could make you, um, it, first of all, it makes you realize the value of things when you don't have them. You realize how important they are. But sometimes it can cause you to overvalue things where you become a hoarder and you go without and then you feel like you've got to hoard every little thing because you never know when you might not have it. For other people, it would affect you to realize that yes, things are valuable and they're important, but they're not the most important thing. And you start to learn what really is important. And that's what Jesus probably picked up from his childhood in the lean years. He says you can't take anything with you when you die. You are born into this world naked, and you aren't going to have anything with you when you leave it. However, you can send some things ahead of you, and they'll be there in heaven with, waiting for you when you arrive. You don't send them by UPS. You don't order them from Amazon. But you can invest in the kingdom of heaven. You invest in the kingdom of heaven by investing in people here on earth. People who are so much more valuable than things. How many people are going to be in heaven because of the way you lived 
here on earth? And how is this world right here and now better because of the way you serve Christ in this life? You see, the things you do and the difference you make in this life are investments in the eternal kingdom of God. They are the treasure you store up in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. That's not hard to understand, is it? But what about this other part, this weird part where Jesus starts talking about eyes? What's that all about? He says in verse 22 and 23, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. People back in Jesus' day believed that eyes were windows that let goodness and light into the body. We think about eyes maybe a little bit differently because of science and medical technology and understanding that we have, but it's, it's actually kind of true if you think about it, but maybe not in the same way the ancients thought about it. We know that the eyes do indeed let light into the body. They let light in the body so that you can see, and there's nerves inside your, your eye that interpret the light and send signals to your brain so that your brain generates the image that you see and makes sense of it all. So the eyes do let light into the body. And seeing is a good thing. I think most people here would agree. I mean, if you had to leave out of here today and you couldn't see anymore, you wouldn't necessarily count that as a blessing. Seeing is a good thing. So that eyes let light into your body, they also let goodness into your body, usually, usually. And this is really what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be careful how you look at things in this world. Jesus is talking about keeping your eyes focused on the right things or the right one rather than letting them wander all over the place, coveting material possessions. The Greek word English Bibles translate as healthy or good, as in a healthy or good eye, actually means single. That's the literal meaning of it. Saying you, if you've got a single eye, and he's not talking about having like just one eye, what does it mean? You know when you have bad eyesight, like if I take my eyeglasses off, I can see a bunch of shapes out there now as everything's fuzzy, right? Unfocused. Not single, but sort of pan, mini. If you have really bad eyesight, you may even have double, double vision. Have you ever had double vision? You see two images really close together, it makes, really makes things messed up. So Jesus is using a play on words. He's saying, if you're trying to focus on God and material possessions, you've got double vision. 
you're not going to be able to see either one clearly. A healthy view of spiritual, a healthy view of material things will result in a healthy spiritual life. But an unhealthy view where you are coveting money and possessions means your eyes are letting darkness and not light into your soul. If this is something that you struggle with, you better pray for God to help you. And you better listen to and do what he tells you to do about it in order to heal your spiritual blindness. Most of us would understand that poor vision or blindness would, would be a severe detriment. Physical blindness would be a severe detriment. How would you get through life? Jesus is saying, if you're spiritually blind, if your vision is corrupted so that you're focusing on both money and your spiritual life, you've got a problem that is every much as severe as physical blindness would be. And the fact is, we all struggle with it. Materialism isn't something most humans are immune from. It's something most people are afflicted with. And it seems like the more affluent we are, the more we struggle with it. You would think it would be the opposite. You would think it would be people who are struggling to have enough would really, would really be struggling with it. But that's not what we see most of the time. Why do you think Jesus said in Matthew 19, 24, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, it's a serious issue. And then we come to the final precept in Jesus' teaching about money and possessions, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. We need to say any more about that. I mean, that's pretty clear. You cannot serve two masters. But I, I really like the way that New Living Translation puts Jesus' words. He says, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And most of us don't think about being enslaved to money. We think it would solve a lot of problems if we had more, right? Not according to Christ. You need to be careful. Money will make you a slave if you're not careful. Especially if you're thinking that money is the thing that's going to fix your life or make you happier or fill some void that is empty inside you. Money cannot do that. Jesus is the one who saves us. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is also the Lord. He's the one we absolutely must put first. Because you can't serve two masters. So this Christmas Eve, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ... The Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, spends some time 
praying and meditating on your attitudes about money and possessions. Are you storing up treasures on earth or in heaven? Do you have good eyes that focus on Christ or double vision because you covet? Have you been trying to serve two masters? 